You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Josh, I got some great news, and then I know a lot of people probably won't give a rat's ass, but... Uh, what? I'm going to get a paycheck finally? <laughs> coming yes! from the days... <laughs> coming from the days that we used to get really excited about a 60 download day, I would like to report that we're getting 10,000 a day. Unfortunately, I can't report that yet, but I can report... Not accurately. For the- <laughs> we can report it. It's just false news. <laughs> for the last 10 days... We have done 1,000 or more downloads a day. Nice. Now, I mean, two of those days was like 980 and 956, but with rounding, it was uh, at least 1,000. So, but I mean, it is significant that we were, I mean, 10 days, that's like 10,000 downloads. It just, did I mention 10 days? So, you guys are really helping us out, uh, getting the word out there. We really appreciate it. And uh, keep it up because uh, I I've been watching stats for so so long, and they then they've definitely improved because we're the the days of sixty downloads in a single day are are far far behind us. But it doesn't take much to get us excited, guys. Just we just need more downloads. So you can do it. Let people know about the Jeep Talk Show, and the easiest way: tell them to go search YouTube. Or go to jeeptalkshow.com. It's so easy to listen to. There's people out there that don't know how to listen to podcasts. It's really, really easy. Give them a little uh, how-to. JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you are in the right place. We love dirty feet. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that deadly driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show's for you. Find out more information about the Jeep Talk Show at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, welcome to the show, Jeeper. I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I've got a harrowing trio of stories all pulled from this week's headlines that all involve Jeeps all out of control. It doesn't finish with a happy ending either. And later, I'll finally be finishing up the long-running Tech Talk series in speaker selection, so stick around. Hey, it's Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, and coming up on the next episode of Jeep Life, my top five what not to buy for your Jeep. I might be making some enemies here. <laughs> well, let's hope so. Hi, I'm Tony. In this episode, I interview Jeremy of New Holland Overland at NewHollandOverland.com. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. It's Urkel. I see Urkel on my screen. Well, and This Week in Jeep is sponsored by Mayhem. You know, like that guy in the insurance commercials? Yeah, but on ice. So here we have a 2021 Jeep Wrangler. And by the looks of those red shocks, it's a Rubicon. A relatively new Jeep, modestly equipped with some aftermarket goodies, it seems. Including what looks like some wheels and tires even. All right. Nice Jeep, man. Got the matching spare. That's good. One with the hard top, too. Nice choice. Oh, but the Jeeper in this story, he didn't learn how not to exceed his own and his Jeep's abilities when somebody you're attracted to is sitting in the seat next to you. 
Hmm. So close. See, if he had not decided to show off and go all Tokyo Drift <laughs> in a residential area where there is snow and ice covering everything in sight, well, then I suppose he might not have ended up smashing through several properties, fences, decks, stairs, landscaping, and more in this nice neighborhood. Wait for it. On Nutley Street. <laughs> I'm not joking either. Oh, but it's not just the bruised ego and the copious amounts of property damage. Oh, no. The driver of this Jeep did receive injuries through his escapade on ice, but refused treatment. Oh, but yeah. Just the showing off there, guy? <laughs> <laughs> his passenger, yes, a female, reportedly told police she was unharmed. Yes, I'm sure. She report, report repeatedly told them, I'm fine. Arms crossed, <laughs> scowling. I'm fine. By some miracle, this guy escapes getting a ticket, and the police even said it was all due to icy road conditions. Right. <laughs> that sent you careening through not one, not two, but no less than three properties before coming to arrest on the driver's side door of your Jeep in somebody else's front yard. Yeah, it was the ice's fault. Did I do that? <laughs> it's a good thing the neighbor had a retaining wall holding up their driveway where the cars in that driveway would have stopped the progress of this jeep my goodness yeah just so, uh, and a new jeep oh my yeah. god that's just yeah i hope it worked out okay uh undercarriage still shiny <laughs> yeah and the, the girlfriend was saying you know if if you didn't spend all your money on this jeep we could have gone someplace besides mcdonald's so right. there's that <laughs> hell of a way to end a date night oh man that's so funny god i feel bad well, for him though no, hundred percent. I mean, you can't you, you can't really condone that that kind of you know behavior. Oh, we've all been there. We've all been there. I guarantee you. I do it in parking lots, not in <laughs> neighborhoods. Damn it! <laughs> well, obviously, you don't know what you're doing because if you know what you're doing, well, you can do it yeah. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's it. Well, here's what happens when you combine a jeep with a school bus. No, it's it's not what you think. It's a short school bus. <laughs> Now, the, the headline simply reads, uh, Jeep hit school bus head-on in Hudson Valley, New York. And I'm thinking, oh, dang, that's got to be pretty bad. And it, it wasn't very good, actually. It was a 2021 Jeep Cherokee uh, that ended up in this accident. And it apparently hit a guardrail first and then goes careening across the roadway, across the median and everything, ends up into oncoming traffic and then hits a bus with 18 students in it. High schoolers, nonetheless. Now, here's a shocker for you, Tony. All 18 students had to be taken to a nearby medical center for evaluation. <laughs> oh, yeah, my wallet. I mean, my back. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they, they probably all had tests at school. That's that's. Yeah. Yes, no, yeah. I'm hurting. I should be taking elsewhere, not going straight to school. Will there be nitrous? Will they, let me know there be nitrous. <laughs> there was no injuries reported in any of the students or even the driver of the school bus. Uh, uh, the Jeep so. driver, however, uh, had to be flown to a different hospital. Uh, they had multiple fractures. Oh. Uh, yeah, it is. It's, so they, they got hurt, unfortunately. Now, so I don't know what happened exactly, whether speed was a factor in this, whether it was road conditions. I, I don't know. Now, where this happened was in Never Sink, New York. I didn't even know there was a town in New York called Never Sink. It must be on high ground. I don't know. So, uh, so you said this was a, a Jeep. Uh, this was a Jeep, a 2021 Jeep Cherokee. Brand oh, spank. that's what, that's what confused me. I, I didn't yeah, associate I, those two things together. Kind of a Jeep. <laughs> uh, but uh, that day in Never Sink, New York, on January 25th is when it happened. It was pretty cold. 
Um, seven degrees was the projected low, and uh, they, I think they were only supposed to get a high of 28 degrees. So, yeah, I suppose maybe some snow or ice had something to do with that. Uh, you know, slick road. I, I don't see how you guys ice. drive in that stuff. I mean, that's just got to be horrible. It's not fun. I, you you got to kind of take a slow and easy, or you just don't go anywhere. Uh, or it's just that's all there is to it. Aim at the guardrails and then hope you. Well, don't Well, and that's what that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that uh, this person found a spot of black ice. Uh, maybe they tried to avoid somebody who started spinning or sliding or something like that. They pitched the wrong way, uh, bounced off the off off the the rail, and they couldn't stop and ended up in front of a bus. So I mean, you know, accidents happen. It it certainly sucks. Uh, but you know, maybe they were driving excessively fast for the, uh, the way, you know, how cold things were, uh, things were icy. They were running late to work, uh, decided to run 55 miles an hour on the freeway when everybody else is doing 35. You know, I don't know. Accidents happen nonetheless. And it, and it sucks. This person got hurt, but you know, got to pay attention. Well, this next story, uh, Tony is just about four hours North from where you're sitting right now. And a, uh, this is another, uh, you know, story about it. Like I said, you know, Jeep losing control. This is a, a Jeep Wrangler that left the roadway when the driver, a 30-year-old woman, lost control of the Jeep and it went off the roadway as she was coming down the exit ramp to Green Oaks Boulevard from I-20. Now, Tony, do you know I-20? Is that is that a freeway that you ever travel? Uh, four hours from here. That must be around Dallas if it's four hours north. And, you know, Josh, those TikTok posts don't just post themselves. you got to hit the send button and uh, add music and stuff. So it's understandable that this would occur. Oh, Tony. Now, ordinarily, <laughs> this is where the story would turn funny or ironic. But in this case, unfortunately, it turns tragic. Investigators pronounced the woman dead at the scene and determined that she had not been wearing her seatbelt at the time of the wreck. Thankfully, there were no other people or even pets in the Jeep either. Now, unlike the other two stories where snow and ice had, well, at least allegedly, been contributing factors to what had happened, authorities are saying that wet road conditions were to blame for this Jeeper's passing. Now, which is odd, I, I thought, because the total rainfall for the entire day in that area was only 0.08 of an inch. I've seen seagulls piss more than that. <laughs> Now, I'm not saying a weird that this hobby you got there. was an incompetent driver <laughs> or uh, uh, you know anything like that. Uh, uh, but seriously, 0. 0.08 total rainfall for the entire day. Uh, I don't think that wet road conditions really contributed to, to well, this. But you, that's the story they're going for, then there, so be it. There's stories of people going through things that you would not think that was even possible for them to survive. And then there's those other stories that you go, what? How did that happen? So I think right. that's just one of these cases, and yeah. uh, and you didn't include the TikTok uh, uh, name for this lady. I was going to go check out that post. So oh well. No, Tony. No. <laughs> <laughs> double when you find out it's a tragic story, don't back off. Double down, damn it. <laughs> well, I'm sure this was preventable, but our nonetheless, our condolences go out to the family. Oh, it's horrible, horrible that uh, somebody so young would uh, would die from this. But uh, you guys be careful when road conditions change. Of course, you never know. Uh, there's it does been look like accidents. It was a red Jeep, Tony. I'm just saying. Oh no, it couldn't be. That, that doesn't that doesn't add up for me. Do I need to circle the photo? <laughs> <laughs> I I know Photoshop, man, so I can take care of this. <laughs> circle, you've got circle whatever tip. you want to circle. All right, I'm circling the wagons here. <laughs> uh, if you've got a news tip, we want to hear from you. It really, seriously, I you know I. Yes. I you only get these stories from so many sources, and um, you might have a source that I don't know about yet. And you got some stories? Well, send them on over, 
and be sure to let us know what you have to say. If you got a response or a tip or anything like that, uh, just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. That's the one-stop shop to get a hold of uh, all of us here on the show or any of us or the show in general. Uh, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Reach out to us now. So are you are you willing to uh, unban Dusty Old Dunn for submitting stories to the show? I mean, uh, are, we, I never are we that desperate? That or? Hammer. <laughs> okay, Dusty, you heard it. You can submit the ideas to the show. We even if we don't read them on the show, we'll laugh at them profusely. I can, I can hear the fist pump from here. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Headshot. Hey, stick around. We've got an interview with Jeremy Byington from New Holland Overland coming up here in just a little bit. You're listening to a four x four radio network podcast. I bet you didn't even know you were either, did you? <laughs> yeah, four x four radio network podcasts are a whole group of great off-road audio, and it, it really got to go check it out. Uh, the website is four x four radio network.com. That's the number four, the letter X, the number four, and radio network.com. Four x four radio network.com. Ton of great shows on the trail podcast. We've got the four x four podcast. The uh, Trail Chasers podcast, the Center Steer podcast, heck, even the Jeep Talk Show is there. Lots of great off-road shows. It's all for free. Did I mention that? Go check it out right now. 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. Josh, is this true? This is going to be the final installment of Speaker Selection in tonight's Tech Talk? I know. We've been going for a while on this. (laughs) Yeah, this will be the last one, so stick around. Grab your pencils. Number two, please. And uh, and we'll get into this in just a little bit. Well, yeah, I think cleaning your bowels is always a good idea before listening to a, a long uh, dissertation about speakers. You know, I'm thinking that we're we have because this has taken so long to get this uh, uh, speaker information out. There's people out there that haven't been listening to the podcast because they're waiting to get their their sound system up to snuff so they can oh, listen geez. to the people talk. <laughs> All right, sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy that. What color is the sky in your world, Tony? <laughs> Seriously. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. I fear we've lost a listener for that one that said underwater, because we've had some really long shows. He's been there for a long time. Something, <laughs> something in excess of uh, four to six minutes. We can only hope, snorkel. <laughs> we can only hope that the water was nice and chilly so that it uh, preserved the uh, brain erosion. But I digress. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. I'm uh, Last week, you guys talked about a Jeep Liberty that hit a piece of farm equipment and went airborne <laughs> several times. Yes. Yeah, we got a name for that here in North Carolina. It's called Every Other Saturday. <laughs> and sadly, most of the time, alcohol is not involved, although I wish it was. It would give me a good excuse. Yeah, I'm just a bad driver. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you I just got fired from my job as a movie set designer. Yeah, I left without making a scene. Yeah, you gotta let that one ruminate for a while. It gets funnier the more you think about it. I'm laughing right now. 
All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. And you have a good one. Bye. That's like a Dutch. That's like a Dutch oven joke. You know, it, it's so bad. You got to share it with somebody, and then even then, it's like, oh God, no. <laughs> oh, but you love Nikki G. Gotta love Nikki G. Gotta love Nikki G. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show is in my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast and a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, advice, and learning. You know, whenever I uh, decided to just try to do the paid subscriber thing, uh, I was a little concerned that uh, we'd be talking about this and nobody would subscribe. <laughs> nobody would be a paid subscriber. But I was wrong. We actually got quite a few paid subscribers. And have you noticed on a lot of the messages and stuff that we get, people will say, I'm still a rat bastard. Or, you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm, a, I'm still a rat bastard, but I, I'm going to change that. Have you noticed that? People feel bad about I, it. I have been noticing the, the guilt trip, yes. <laughs> Actually, somebody has said that, you know, Tony, the guilt trip is working. I, I finally right, subscribed. Finally guilted me into it. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That's a good one. So, obviously, you don't have to be a paid subscriber. You can continue to be a rat bastard and listen for free. But if you... if you, up to you. Yeah, absolutely. It's, there's no requirement here. Uh, Give you choice. Uh, well, I'm sorry. There is a requirement. You have to listen to the show, and you got to tell your friends. Uh, and on top of that, <laughs> you got to be a paid subscriber. We don't want much. <laughs> so just go to jeeptalkshow.com/contact. Scroll on down there, and you'll see uh, several paid subscriber packages that you can choose from. Some of them may uh, include a video of Josh taking his underwear off without taking off his pants. Hey, oh. <laughs> Well, if you got that kind of time, though. <laughs> Slower. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I just, I just, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! All right, so clear back in episode 548, we began a new series all focused on selecting the right speaker for your Jeep. And I have gone into some serious detail for you. We've covered how to find the right speaker size what the size means to the sound of the speaker in relation to the other size speakers, what the materials the speaker is made of mean to its sound quality. You know, and I ended up the last TikTok telling you that we're going to go even deeper into the frequencies that speakers can play. So far, we've kept things, well, scientific, but relatively generalized, using metaphors and analogies to explain complex principles of sound design and audiology. Now we're going to go get into some actual numbers that you can use, and the two most important ratings of a speaker's performance. Well, those are sensitivity and frequency response. These numbers can always be found in, well, pretty much any given speaker's spec sheet. And this may be part of the manual that's included with the product, a piece of paper in there or something like that. Or it may even be on the outside of the box. And it's usually listed out or may be sometimes shown in a graph format. Now, what the frequency response rating does is tell you, the listener, the buyer, whatever, you know, the person purchasing the speakers, what the manufacturer of these speakers says the speaker will faithfully reproduce, music-wise. The number is representative of the speaker's range. How low of bass can it play and how high the trebles can go? The lowest number, and usually the first number is in this particular rating, is the bass. How low the speaker can actually and accurately produce bass notes. The higher number is the high frequencies, the stuff the tweeter will play. The hi-hats, the flutes, the higher notes of a female singer, you get the idea. 
this set of numbers is kind of important, especially if one of the things you're looking for out of a new set of speakers is more bass. If that's the case, then you're going to need to get the largest speaker you can to fit in that location of the Jeep where you're trying to install or replace a speaker and find the ones that have the lowest number on their frequency rating. A quick note on the frequency response with some more high-end options, you may see some speakers exceed 20,000 hertz and beyond, but the range of human hearing is only from about 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. So if a speaker is producing sound outside of that range, well, that's wasted audio and power for that matter. If what you're looking for is the ultimate in sound quality and performance, and you need more beyond a simple speaker replacement, then what you're looking for are speakers that are made with higher quality materials and can handle more wattage, giving you the ability to amplify these speakers to really make them perform. Now, when you have extra power for your speakers, you don't have to worry quite as much about the sensitivity rating. Speaking of power, speakers convert power into sound waves. Different speakers work better with certain power sources. For instance, factory stereos mostly deliver lower power. Aftermarket stereos offer a bit more, and aftermarket amplifiers provide the most power possible. The more power you use, the more loudness and the you know, louder the, the music will play, and the more musical detail that you get out of that sound. But you want to make sure that your speakers can play accurately while playing loudly. You ever turn up a system so loud and it starts distorting? Yeah, that sounds like crap. Nobody wants to hear loud music that sounds really, really bad. So here we enter the second of our important speaker ratings, sensitivity. Sensitivity measures how much sound a speaker yields from the power applied to it. Essentially, it's a measurement of efficiency of a speaker. How much sound can the speaker make with every single watt of power the stereo or amp is putting out? If you have a low-powered factory stereo, you know, typically 25 watts per channel or less or so, speakers with high sensitivity ratings over 90 dB will make the best match. If you have a high-power system like an aftermarket stereo or external amplifier, something like that, well, then consider speakers with a lower sensitivity rating. Properly powered, they'll provide excellent sound quality as well, and they can handle it. So if you're unsure of the available power of your system, well, don't worry. Just opt for speakers with the highest sensitivity rating possible. This will ensure that the speaker will give you the most bang for your buck with the power that you have. The more sensitive speaker, one with rating over 90 dB, will always sound louder than a speaker with a lower sensitivity rating, one with a rating under 90 dB. Okay, one last note to leave you with. Another pair of terms you will likely see a lot in your search through, car, through the car audio world. It's max and RMS power. Max is the absolute maximum power a device can either handle or put out. It's generally overinflated and is not real, a real-world example of what that device can actually do. This applies to both stereos, as well as speakers and amplifiers especially. The RMS rating is a rating of what the device can handle or puts out for a continuous amount of time. For instance, your Jeep may be able to do 110 miles per hour, it's max rating, but it can't do that for very long before the Jeep is likely going to, well, blow up. And the RMS rating for your Jeep is probably more like, you know, 65, something like that. They can do that all day long and twice on Sunday. Now, this same example can be applied to various aspects of car audio. Well, that about wraps it up. You pull my cord on car audio, and I'm going to go for days. It's a topic near and dear to my heart and a field I worked in professionally for over a decade. And I still do system design and installs for people all over the area I live in. If you have a specific audio question answered, uh, shoot me an email, and we'll get it all sorted out. Happy listening, Jeeper. I hope these last several Tech Talks have got you geared up to upgrade the speakers in your Jeep right now. So I'm I'm pretty sure that you just addressed this, but I want to make sure. I mean, maybe I can dumb it down a little bit for me to understand better. 
Um, the if you have a uh, a speaker that is designed for a lower wattage, say you know like for fifty or sixty watts, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have a, a speaker that's rated for a hundred or even a thousand watts, um, the the speaker that's rated for fifty watts is going to play better at low volume. In other words, you're going to get a better um, a better sound at low volume than you would from the one that's rated at a you know a hundred or a thousand. Is that a, a fair statement or oversimplification? That, or? that is probably eighty percent accurate because okay, even those kinds of speakers they could still have flip flop specs and and so a power handling isn't necessarily a the end all be all measurement of a speaker or its sound quality for that matter. And power handling is only one aspect of, 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 a, of a speaker that you want to pay attention to. Um, and although you don't necessarily want the max rating because, you know, you don't need a speaker that can handle 1,000 watts if you're only putting out 50. Right. Now, sure, that's a lot of headroom and it gives you room for expansion and, and growth and things like that. But by the time you get around to that, well, that speaker may be a little bit outdated or maybe your listening preferences have changed or maybe it's a completely different vehicle by then. Right. So, you know, there's there's certainly lots of aspects, you know, to all of this and it can get very confusing. What I would always recommend is going out and actually listening to a bunch of different speakers. Take a trip to your local car audio store. Make a day out of it. What the heck? What else you got to do, Right. Go in there with a, a CD of music that you actually like. Maybe even burn a few, uh, you know, songs. I know who's done that in a long time, right? Hmm. Uh, take a USB drive with you, something like that. Uh, it, you could even probably hook up to a deck Bluetooth in their demo room and and play something off your phone that way. There's a number of ways to do it, but demo something at a car stereo store with the music you listen to. Yeah, it's a great idea. And and have them go through a half a dozen different speakers, good, better, and best. That's a term that I, that I used to use a lot. Good, better, and best. What's good for my car? Well, what's better than that? Well, what's the best option? And so that way you kind of you get, you get a spread of what's available out there. And trust me, the speakers are going to sound completely different from one manufacturer to another. So the majority of the time, I'm not going to be listening to, to music that's loud. I may want to do it occasionally. And if I couldn't do it, that wouldn't be a big deal. Do I design, do I spend the extra money to design a 300-watt stereo system for my Jeep? Or should I just go with the 50-watt system if I'm not going to be, the volume is going to be generally low, maybe some talk, maybe a little bit of music. You know, that's what I'm getting at as far as the cheap speakers, because I love the idea of a higher quality speaker and something that's less likely to, to blow out whenever I'm using it. But I don't know, is it overkill? Well, Tony, the, the, there would be a, a massive delineation to answer this question, and that would all be determined by the type of vehicle that you drive. So, for instance, for your JT, I would say you probably don't need anything uh, uh, much more than, than a 50-watt system or, or, or so. That's probably plenty of watts for and wattage and output for a system that is in a, an enclosed cab vehicle. But, for instance, the oh, wife's TJ, yeah. for that matter, that has the top off of it on occasion, going down the road, the freeway, even an arterial road at 35 or 40 miles per hour creates a lot of wind noise that you have to overcome with audio. You're going to need a little more headroom in that kind of a system. And so that's going to require a little more wattage. 300 watts is, is quite a bit. That's a lot of amplification. You're not going to get that out of any kind of stereo. That's going to require aftermarket oh, yeah. amps and that sort of stuff. That's going to be a much, much larger system. But even for something like that, you know, 125 watts, 150 watt range is plenty. Even in the 75 watt range, you're putting out some decent power if it's good, clean power and you have good, clean speakers. 
So, you know, and again, there's a, any number of ways that we can go into system design. Uh, and it really comes down to, you know, the vehicle, how you drive, what you listen to, you know, all that yeah, stuff. Are the, are the doors and top going to be off? Yeah. That's that's a great point. I didn't think about that because really at that point, you should put headphones on. It's not going to sound very good with it, but but everybody else around you will enjoy it. <laughs> well, you hear that. Yeah, you got those you know guys with the with the big motorcycles that have a huge dashboard, and they've got like six speakers in the dashboard of a motorcycle. <laughs> it's like, dude, really? I know. I can hear your music from twenty cars back, but more power to you. Oh, it's the it's a cool thing. I mean, you know, it's a cool thing to do. I understand. It's just uh, it gets a little frustrating when it's a uh, a nice spring day or a fall day, and you're trying to enjoy the world with your your windows down and a combination of loud music and uh, cigarette smoke. <laughs> Good times. Well, if you have anything to add to this Tech Talk, or well, any others for that matter, or if you have a question for Tech Talk, a topic that you would like for us to cover here on the show, we'll just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Are you getting tired of that link yet? And send us a message. <laughs> you know how it works. This segment of the show is brought to you by Lug Nuts. There's nothing like Lug Nuts to secure a wheel to a Jeep. Get yours now, and be sure to ask for genuine Lug brand nuts for your Jeep wheels. That's Lug Nuts. Where would we be without them? I've got to record a few more of those. <laughs> I've got a few more. I just need to go find them and put them on the board. <laughs> I love that, that one, though. <laughs> From around the world... Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Alrighty, ho, boys and girls. It's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. And tonight we're going to be talking with Jeremy. Jeremy has been building the new Holland Off-Road brand for the past four years based out of West Michigan, starting off building Overland Square Drop trailers and now focusing on custom projects for all makes and models of vehicles, including bed racks, hoppers, armor, molly panels, full outfits, etc., New Holland Overland is a custom shop with a great selection of brands to outfit your rig for any adventure, as well as leading guided group trips all year long throughout the state of Michigan. You can find out more information about New Holland Overland by visiting our website at newhollandoverland.com or Facebook or Instagram at New Holland Overland. So, and I say our website, I should say your website, and that's, that's not My ours. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, Jeremy, thanks a lot for being with us tonight. And uh, this, uh, you know, there's, uh, at the time of the recording of this, there's some really bad weather that's moving across the middle of the United States. Are, are you involved in any of that? I mean, I think it's at Nebraska right now. No, we're staying uh, pretty clear of it right now. We're, um, we're based in Holland, Michigan, so we're a little bit northeast of that bad weather. It's oh, a nice uh, balmy 60 here which is unusual for december in michigan yeah it's been real been real hot uh of course it's we, we, i think we saw 80 degrees uh, here in uh, the houston area today but anyway this is uh several weeks ago and i just thought i would ask because there's always a possibility that you'd have to seek shelter while we're doing the interview <laughs> right <laughs> So one thing I noticed from your uh, from your website newhollandoverland.com you seem to have a uh, an issue with what the best off-road rig is cuz I see a lot of Toyota stuff on there. Well, yeah, that could be a good debate we have, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, my we're a good blend of um 
Jeepers and Toyota people in my family. Being here in Michigan, obviously, we have Jeep as kind of our local uh, main company. So I'm an oddball when you see me driving down the road with a big outfitted Toyota and most everywhere you see are Jeeps. Well, that's kind of the one of the things about overlanding. You want to be able to carry the, enough stuff with you. And Jeeps don't generally uh, lend themselves to carrying a lot of stuff and being comfortable to actually uh, reside in temporarily. I mean, you can always tow a trailer or put a, a rooftop tent up. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, the, the full-size pickups are a lot better for overlanding. Or is that an incorrect statement? No, I, I mean, I think you can twist it a lot of different ways. There's different needs for different people. Um, kind of one of the big reasons I chose a Toyota over a Jeep was the daily driving factor. I found it a lot more comfortable, a lot more quiet. The IFS handles great on the road because I do a lot of long distances. Um, you know, Jeeps, you, I think you're going to find a lot more in the parks, you know, kind of, especially out west, you're going to see them more on the trails and things like that. Um, we owned in my family a Jeep LJ, a manual 06 LJ for um, quite a few years. And man, that thing in the winter was cold. It was loud. <laughs> it was uh, it was a piece of work to drive some days. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's what Jeeping's all about, man. So <laughs> for, sure. um, for the overlanding, and I, I know you, you, um, you must get sick of this question, but uh, there's, there's people out there that are listening that don't know the difference. What's the difference between going off-road and going overlanding because they're they both involve off-road they sure do i i think the simplest way that i like to tell new people that you know come up to me at gas stations and like what do you do and i'm like what do you overlanding and they're like what is that and um <laughs> the basic it's two values it's off-roading like we talked about but it's incorporating that camping experience too and that's what i found is the simplest way to tell people is like we go from point a to point b and our goal for overlanding is to just enjoy that journey that we go along. Um, and we do off-road throughout multiple days in the backwoods throughout multiple nights. So we're kind of incorporating that backwoods camping experience too. So would you say that uh, the overland experience is more focused on uh, enjoying the ride out to wherever you're going to be? Maybe maybe, maybe you're not even don't even have a destination. Maybe you're just driving along and then you find a nice place to stop for the night and then you you know fix your meal you sleep and then you continue your journey whereas uh off-roading would be more of let me get to my destination let me get over those rocks get through that mud whatever it's done either stay the night or or just turn around and go back home so the, the 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 purpose really is one is just kind of a more leisurely drive enjoy the scenery and uh, perhaps the family on an off-road adventure yeah i think you hit the nail right on okay, that good. there uh, it's, yeah, it's confusing to me I, i've never done overlanding but i think it's it's basically camping with your off-road vehicle yeah absolutely overlanding is just a fancy term for it excellent so now tell me about new holland overland i mean uh, you've been doing this for seven years the website is gorgeous if you guys haven't checked it out already go to newhollandoverland.com and start looking don't be uh there are jeeps on there i swear to god and they do have stuff in there for jeeps but uh you know you may have a tow rig that you would uh, that would be better uh suited for an overland adventure simply because it can carry more stuff so uh what what all vehicles are do you support uh from your from your site what products could people buy for what vehicles yeah we support any vehicle make model anything that you want to do an adventure in we support you 
we had a gentleman come into our shop and he's like hey i'm actually looking at an all-wheel drive toyota sienna and i'm like that's a minivan and he's like yeah but we're gonna go overland in it i'm like hey man you do you you know <laughs> <laughs> like sure. uh, for me i'm not about that minivan life but you know there are some people that just enjoy the subaru life the jeep life toyota life nissan life i mean there's so many makes and models and with a lot of brands that we represent like front runner um and uh sherpa racks and a whole bunch of other great companies baja designs garmin they all make wonderful products for every single vehicle out there so we we cater to everything you do have some uh, some vehicle specific items though don't you we do we we're primarily a toyota uh um we're toyota enthusiasts <laughs> mm -hmm. no it's there's no, nothing wrong with that you should like what yeah. you like yeah well we the reason i kind of tailor towards toyotas in michigan is just because there's a need for it you know there's a lot of great jeep shops in michigan um but there aren't as many toyota shops and shops that specialize in toyotas so go where the customers are i mean especially if they're being overserved in another area uh, but you but you do have some Jeep specific items, don't you? We do. Yeah, we make a couple items ourselves. We make a Molly panel for the front doors for the JKs. We've got some cool new limb risers that we're coming out for next year for the JLs and the JKs and a couple of other models. Um, those will those will be pretty rad when they come out in January, February here. And then one thing that we do for all people, including Jeeps, is custom builds. So if you're looking to modify your spare tire carrier on the back of your jeep or if you're looking for custom molly panels we built oh my gosh they were massive big molly panels that fit the rear roll bar section i think they were four feet wide by almost two and a half feet tall and we shipped them over to hawaii for a gentleman oh wow. and they turned out absolutely beautiful but they were they, the largest they, molly panels i've ever built did they make it okay over there i mean uh, that's a hell of a long way for a ups or whoever to bump it off of a lot of things it was a lot of foam and packaging and cardboard. <laughs> I think it was like a three-inch package for an eighth-inch panel by the time we got done with it. And worrying, I'm sure. <laughs> Did it get there a lot okay? of worrying, yeah. <laughs> That's a long way to go. Yeah, it is. That's really cool, though. It's, it's a good feeling when somebody, uh, you know, believes in you enough to say, hey, you know, send me that uh, thing a, a few thousand miles over here. I'd like to, I'd like to put that on my rig. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's fun just seeing where some of your stuff goes. I mean, we just ship stuff to Germany in canada this week so we're kind of we're kind of moving all over the world right now so uh, i noticed you have a couple of uh, uh roof racks for the uh, the jk and the jl we were mentioning or i mentioned about uh, putting a rooftop tent on a vehicle and if you do want to overland in a jeep this certainly would be one way of doing that because you could put that rooftop tent on top of these uh, uh roof racks uh, i think what i'm looking at here is a slimline two uh for the uh for the jl yeah absolutely front runner makes a great roof rack um it can support a lot of weight on top a lot of dynamic weight too which is very critical when you're looking at roof racks for off-road um but the one thing i also love about front runner is their large variety and collection of not just roof um rooftop tents but also the accessories that you can put on there so you don't have to carry all of your shovels and your water and everything inside your vehicle. You can actually mount that way up high and kind of get all that dirty stuff out and about. Yeah, that, and that's really good, especially for the creature comforts, uh, whether it be children or dogs. That's uh, that. It's nice not having to have a potential of someone falling on them or just having some a relaxing room. 
So whenever you go on off-road, uh, an overlanding adventure, uh, what's the furthest you've ever driven? The furthest we've ever driven, you know, we honestly haven't done too much um, out west. We've we've flown out west um, and kind of done some of the Moab trails and um, a lot of the Colorado stuff. But with our Tacoma, the furthest we've driven is down to um, Springfield, Missouri for the Moore Expo. Um, that's one of our favorite shows that we do every year with Chris and the Moore Expo team. Very cool. Um, so um, what... I guess really the thing that gets me is like, this is kind of a camping thing. Whenever you go camping, what's the most interesting, whether it's scary or amazing thing that that's happened to you when you're over, when you've been overlanding? Probably the most, and this is, this is fun because we do a lot of guided group trips through Michigan. Um, and not a lot of companies local here do that. And we like to say, Hey, you know, let's get together with a whole bunch of strangers We'll meet up in a spot way back in the woods. Hopefully uh, you're nice and we'll have a great weekend together. Um, So it can be kind of interesting. Some of the dynamics of people that you get on these trips, you know, you get some real interesting characters and also some real great stories too. Um, I've met some of my best friends on these trips, but uh, in terms of the most interesting experience, I think it was two winters ago when we had some booze cruisers roll through our camp and, um, they were like, Hey, you know, is this where the party's at? And we're like, not your party. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So, uh, well, hopefully they just, uh, uh, kept going without dumping off too many beer cans. Yeah, they did. We, I looked right in their front passenger seat and they had a nice big Coors rack in there, but they, they tooled along to the rest of their night. <laughs> <laughs> So probably uh, the the I mean I think we're all uh, seeing vendors having issues getting uh, stuff shipped out, uh, but uh, and that might be uh, that might hurt the answer to this question. But what's your most popular thing that you sell? Ooh, that's a tricky question. Probably our Molly panels. We do a lot of custom Molly panels, um, and we sell a lot of the Tacoma stuff. A lot of we make a special front door Molly panel that screws right into the front door. Um, and some center console molly panel stuff too. But we, we really do a lot of custom molly panels. That's probably our biggest seller right now. So I know uh, the donut shops, when they make donuts, they cut the center out of the donut and then they sell the donut holes. But you can't do that with the, the little squares from the molly panel, can you? No, not really. Those are all throwaways. <laughs> that was going to be my next question is what happens to those things? Because that's a lot of metal. <laughs> it is a lot of metal. And um, fortunately, we have a good recycling center here local in town that takes care of that for us. Because okay. we don't want to just dump it. We, we want to do what's right for um, at least the environment and stuff. So we, we recycle it. Yeah, good. <laughs> just <laughs> It's a lot. Some, I want some donut holes, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you need You'd to, want to make something out of them but i was gonna cool. say you need to think of something that you can make out of those and just and label them donut holes I'll just put jts <laughs> donut holes <laughs> i like them i like them maybe we'll get those rolling <laughs> all right so uh the uh, the molly panels and of course that makes sense if you're an overlander you you need to be able to hang stuff up and secure it because you never know when you may be in an off-camber situation and you don't want things rolling around or falling over uh, so uh, that that makes a hundred percent sense. So, what are some of the other popular things that you guys uh, sell? Yeah, recently the big one we've been pushing is our um, brand new Toyota Tacoma limb riser kits. No one's really made a great solution for a limb riser kits with um, the Toyota family line. 
Um, cause we don't, unlike Jeeps where you guys have those real nice hood latches right there that you can mount to, we don't really have much. So we figured out a way to mount it to the headlight assembly and the fender, and it kind of slips right up in between your hood and your fender. And you have to have an aftermarket roof rack to attach the upper mounts, but we give you a nice aircraft grade stainless cable. Everything is stainless. We make for those limb riser kits because in Michigan, everything rots here and that just gets ugly fast. So we uh we take pride in that product and those have just been pushing like crazy so we're hoping to come out with jeep one soon um and a couple of other vehicle models for those limb risers pretty quick here so yeah i'm looking at that on the website uh, new uh, and uh let's see it is the tacoma limb riser kit and uh, like you said it's 2016 plus for the tacoma uh it, it, that, that does look real nice that's a nice clean install uh, now, let me ask you something. I see these limb risers on, you know, highly modified Jeeps, and I, I question it because I've been off-road. I've never had a really big problem <laughs> with limbs. Uh, how often <laughs> how often have you had issues with limbs? Maybe it just may be the area that I'm uh, driving in. It's, I, I, you hit it right in the head again. It's, it's the area. Um, we have a lot of trees in Michigan, and almost every single trail trip that we go on, we encounter some type of tree smack in our windshield and especially in the winter time i run them constantly in the winter and then i kind of take them on and off um in the summer depending on what we're doing but in the winter you get all that heavy snowfall that gets on these trees and it completely oh, covers the trail yeah that's a good point we don't get snow down here in southeast texas but no that, you don't get that white stuff <laughs> that makes the limbs uh, le- uh, go lower i didn't even think about that we see that during ice storms that we get here occasionally very rarely and yeah uh, so yeah that does make sense and you would uh, especially if it had ice on it you don't want that scraping across your your hood no no and w- most of the time we just push through we don't spend the time to trim and you know cut every single little branch that's going to touch our vehicle we're we're looking to make some ground with oh, our yeah. day and so we just kind of hit stuff ain't, per ain't, se. ain't nobody <laughs> got no time for that i gotta get set up so i can fix no. me some grub <laughs> exactly we call it michigan pinstriping up here because everyone's got pinstripes on their vehicles from the trees smacking our rigs so why is it that whenever you cook off-road it's it's simple food but why does it taste so much better i think it's just the challenge of it i don't know you're working harder you're sweating a little so you you appreciate it more is what you're saying (laughs) <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I love I love to cook good when we're we're camping too. Not all the time. Sometimes it's nice to keep things simple, but there's nothing better than having a steak while you're having a campfire. Yeah. Do you, do you do bacon for uh, for breakfast? Yeah, we do. We just cooked bacon cheeseburgers the other day for dinner. We do bacon <laughs> for breakfast. We just outfitted our uh, back of the Tacoma with a whole new kitchen setup. So it's got a a Blackstone, a two burner Dometic system, a full fully functional domestic sink a fridge freezer it, it gets fancy oh yeah no you can go nuts for for overlanding oh, yeah. oh i was going to ask you uh I, I didn't see anything about the uh, the square drop trailers that you had uh, uh, been building uh i had a question about that and and feel free feel free to say pass if you if you don't feel mm-hmm. comfortable why the hell and i'm not talking about yours because i have no idea what yours cost but uh-huh. why the hell do these litty bitty trailers cost thirty thousand freaking dollars material and labor it's the biggest two things especially right now material prices have just jumped through the roof mm-hmm. um and I, I i know you know that everyone knows that but a lot of the time it's just the manual labor that goes into these little trailers there's a ton of wiring there's a ton of plumbing um a lot of ceiling ceiling is a big 
challenge in these little trailers, especially in any RV. Um, it's just taking the time to make sure that you do it right. And that adds up in cost. I would imagine that pretty much anybody can build uh, a little trailer that they can tow around. The problem is, is that they can't make one that's very light because <laughs> it's going to be yes. <laughs> 10 tons <laughs> with all the two by fours and everything and the, the four by eight, three quarter inch plywood that they build it with. <laughs> and it's you, tricky because you're balancing between durability for off road because you're bouncing along trails. You're getting that trailer hitting ruts. Um, you're moving pretty good with your rig and it has to have that durability. So like with all our trailers that we built, it was boxed 120 wall frame, two by three. And that got up quick. I think our trailers weighed around 2,200 pounds for our little square drops. Yeah. Uh, so are you still making the, uh, the trailers? We are not. We've, we've moved away from the trailers. Um, we built two of them. So there's only two in existence. Me and my father, that's how we started New Holland Overland was my father had a love for, teardrop trailers and we were like hey you know let's you know start making one for ourselves and then we kind of leaned into well let's make this a business for the overlanding industry and then i had the Tacoma at the time and i started doing a lot more research and i was like well that's a that's a pretty darn big industry let's jump on that bandwagon and we've done camping and off-roading our entire lives but we never really put the two and two together until a couple of years ago so we're not doing the trailers anymore um unfortunately they just take up too much time and effort on our end um where we want to focus on a lot more newer things like molly panels and limb risers kits and just getting a lot a lot more of a bigger outreach with more products that way oh sure sure no unless you have a staff it'd be kind of hard to keep up with uh, trailers a lot of people seem to like that what do you think is uh, on your personal opinion what do you think is better actually towing a a trailer or uh putting a a, a rooftop tent on your uh, on your vehicle or just finding a hotel to stay in <laughs> <laughs> you know sometimes that's really tempting yeah um <laughs> it man that's a tricky question because i lean both ways i i love having a vehicle that i know everything is on top of just my vehicle and i can be real nimble and you know through the trails and get through some extreme stuff but also i know you can do that through a trailer and the trailer you can drop off at camp and still go wheel once we get to camp with our tacoma and we set up our rooftop tent and our kitchen setup we're kind of parked for the night so that makes it a little challenging if we need to make a run into town for any type of emergencies. It's a little trickier. Oh, yeah. Like the wife says, we need uh, milk and bread. And you go, uh, hang on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Don't roll out of the tent. <laughs> <laughs> we had a gentleman join us on a group trip um, last winter, and he gets bloody noses during the winter. And he got he set up camp, and he just got to camp. And next thing you know, he's just having like a constant stream coming from his nose. And they had to grab another person's vehicle that was there at camp that wasn't set up and rush him to the hospital. And they couldn't take their rig because they were all set up with their rooftop tent. So they really just, it, it's kind of a personal opinion. Sure. No, no, that's, and, and I know, yeah. I mean, you have, you have people that uh, I'm sure are big into trailers and you have other people that are big into rooftop tents and yeah. I'm, I'm sure you got people that are big into the hotels. So uh, that's why I was asking what your opinion was, what, what you think is uh, the best thing for, for you and your family. So it's, it's really up to each individual how they want to do it. And, and also too, as you do it, you learn. And I'm sure there's sometimes there's situations where you could be out uh, overlanding and the, the weather uh, takes a turn for the worse. And, and the safest thing to do is, 
go to a hotel or motel and, and stay there for the night, especially whenever you're uh, concerned about your family's welfare. I mean, us guys, we have a tendency to go, oh, I don't care. I'm staying out here. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. A great alternative to that is a ground tent, too. I think ground tents are really underrated. And a great solution that we've been pushing is um, a gazelle tent. And it's kind of like a, a 10 to 30 second tent that you can pop up and tear down. It's real quick. It's a little bulky to carry around. I see one of my buddies throws it on, up on top of his Jeep's roof rack. But um, uh, ground tents are pretty underrated, too, in the community. Yeah, I think actually somebody on our uh, our roundtable discussion uh, just, just uh, was mentioning that exact tent uh, during the discussion. So uh, apparently it's a, it's a popular option. Now, Jeremy, uh, I know that you know how the kids these days love the, uh, the, the, the social media stuff. And we mentioned this at the beginning, but let's go ahead and go over that again. Where, where can people find uh, uh, the uh, New Holland Overland on social media? Yeah, we are active on Facebook and Instagram at New Holland Overland. And then you can also find us on our website, NewHollandOverland.com. Excellent. Oh, and you got a little something for our listeners, don't you? We sure do. Right now, um, we'll do 10% off any order right now. So if you use code NHO10OFF, then you'll get 10% off. Well, that's a, just a wonderful deal. I just love it when we have uh, guests come on here and uh, help out our listeners. We love listen, uh, helping out our listeners, and we love being able to provide our guests with, uh, with new uh, customers. So remember, the, uh, the code is NHO. One zero off. So that's like New Holland Overland 10 off. So like all like one word. So uh, I was going to say, uh, look in our show notes, but we never put these things in our show notes. You got to listen to the episode. You listeners know you have to listen to the episode to get this information. We make you work for it. Jim, Jeremy, we make them work for it. They have to listen. That's good. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jeremy, thanks a lot for being with us tonight. Fun interview. And uh, keep us in mind for anything uh, new that comes up or just want to get the shout out uh, to uh, to our listeners. Uh, There's a lot of people out there that listen to us that are interested in overlanding. And uh, this uh, I I think you're going to be seeing some uh, some people come into your site looking for stuff from our Jeep community. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. I can't wait to talk to all of you who've listened tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait. Once again, we got to say thanks and give thanks rather to this week's interviewee for coming on the show and putting up with Tony. Uh, (laughs) This week, it was Jeremy Byington from New Holland Overland. Be sure to head over to NewHollandOverland.com right now and and enter that promo code for 10% off your whole order. That code again is NHO, like New Holland Overland and the number 10 and the word off. That's NHO, 10 off for 10% off at New Holland Overland. You know, if you squint and you you uh, had just had a stiff drink, it kind of looks like NHO 100 off. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> it's free. Everything's free. No, you're going to pay out through the nose for shipping, but yeah, the order is free. <laughs> That's right. Shipping is $6,000. <laughs> And of course, if you guys have an idea for a guest and maybe you work in the off-road industry, you know somebody who does, uh, we would love to hear your suggestions for an interview here on the show. Now, we're pretty booked up right now. I think we're about a month out at least. Uh, And so, you know, if you send in a suggestion and you don't hear it on the show right away, don't get discouraged. If you got an idea, contact us, reach out to us, engage with the show. Let us know what you have to say, what you're thinking about. Who knows? 
your idea might be the very next topic on the next Jeep Talk Show. So, Josh, uh, I don't know if you realize this or not, but we've been doing a lot of interviews recently, week after week after week, and uh, yeah, that's largely awesome. largely due to me getting off my dead lazy ass and uh, scheduling these interviews. I'm lying. And I need to kind of get in on this because there's been a couple of this like, you know, you never asked that one question that I was thinking of. Of course, how would you know? Uh, that's impossible. Fine. I ask all the, all the questions. All the questions. But anyway, I'm lying. It's uh, it's Chris over at sevenslats.com. He is our our uh, connoisseur, I, I suppose, of uh, the Jeep Talk Show and getting these interviews. And interview next, acquisition expert. Yes. Yes. So we're gonna give <laughs> him a fancy as fancy as f title as we can. <laughs> it sounds really good. Well, I mean, since the email out, they go, oh wow, I don't know why I haven't heard of this show. They have a. <laughs> interview of guest acquisition person yeah. <laughs> but anyway no, chris uh, chris from sevenslash.com is doing some amazing oh, work and we can't so. thank him enough no no and according to him we really can't um so <laughs> next <laughs> week we're going to be talking to uh and you know i like swapping this around in the notes here it's instagram model and jeeper I she's busy on that Jeep, uh, and I mean like working on it because yeah. she's uh, you know busy doing modifications. You see her working with her husband uh, on the Jeep, so I'm going to say she's a Instagram Jeeper and model. And how does, is that? Uh, you, you've you've written it out so I can pronounce the thing, and I still can't do it. Virago because I Virago the Virago. the first kinda, the, that's- the first thirty minutes of the interview is I thought it said Virgo. <laughs> she says everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> no, I even got it uh, you know across the across the hood of the Jeep, nice sticker there and everything. Uh yeah, well, what's the uh what was the 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 tagline? Learning, wrenching and wheeling. Yep. yep. Uh, I think is is what the uh the kind of the tagline of her uh, Instagram is. So, yeah, really cool uh cool guest. Can't wait for that interview. Virago Jeep JKU. You can find her on Instagram and uh, you can listen to her on next week's episode. Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. Hey, Tony, Josh, and Wendy. This Jeep life, I might be making some enemies here. I'm going to do a little disclaimer first, and this disclaimer is certainly not as good as Josh's disclaimers that we've heard in the past. This episode of The Jeep Life is the opinions of Jeep Mama, not necessarily of the Jeep Talk Show or its other hosts. And this episode is not meant to offend anyone. These are just my opinions. So let's move on here to what not to buy for your Jeep Wrangler. This is my top five list. And I'm talking about things like modifications and accessories that you would buy for your Jeep. Now, we all know that Jeep stands for just empty every pocket. And when you start buying these accessories and modification, that money starts adding up. Cha-ching, cha-ching. And sometimes you might need to be smart about your spending because you don't want to waste all your money on one thing when you could be buying five or six things. And we're going to start with number five eyelashes. No, this is not a beauty show or a beauty segment. I didn't even know these things existed till a couple years ago, but you can put fake eyelashes on your headlights to make your Jeep look really girly. I'm thinking, let's just leave these fake eyelashes for the trendy young girls. These things don't need to be on your Jeep. Just plain stupid, in my opinion. Okay, number four, electric slide out sidesteps. 
no, this is not a new dance. Nikki G, calm down. I knew you were kind of excited there. So these are the side steps that when you open the door, they automatically come out from underneath your Jeep. Now, for some people, side steps are pretty important, especially when you have a lifted Jeep, because you need to be able to get up into your Jeep. I prefer my rock sliders because they are twofold. One, they protect the body of my Jeep when I'm off-roading, and two, they help me get into my Jeep. Now, if you use these electric slide steps, you're going to be prone to getting more damage on your Jeep than you might want because they're underneath your Jeep. And, you know, if you're out rock, rock crawling or you may hit a tree stump or something while you're out on the trails in the mountains, it could tear up your side steps and could do more damage than they're worth. Now, I like my Barricade Rock Sliders because they're inexpensive. You can do the modification yourself. Super easy. Um, and they also protect your Jeep. And they're great for getting into my lifted Jeep. Okay, number three, colored headlights. LED headlights are a must for your Jeep Wrangler because the stock headlights aren't as bright. So LED headlights are a good thing to have, but the colored headlights, yeah, they're kind of useless unless they're white, yellow, or blue because they're illegal to drive with the colors on. So in essence, you're wasting your money because you can only use them when you're parked. And I guess, you know, if they match your accessory color and you're taking pictures for social media, that might be a good use, but you're better off spending your money somewhere else with that colored accessory where you can appreciate it even when you're driving your Jeep down the road. Number two, wheels with those silly offsets and the low profile tires. You know, people, Jeeps are made for off-roading and these types of tires and wheels are worthless. Well, okay, unless you're going to leave your Jeep sitting on the showroom floor. And number one, this is my biggest pet peeve, and I think it's sacrilege when people put this on their Jeep, and it's the angry grill. You know, that seven-slot grill is iconic and what Jeep is famous for. And I believe covering up the seven slots is sacrilege. Why even get a Jeep if you're going to disrespect the seven slots with an angry grill? It breaks my heart when I see these Jeeps with these angry grills as, you know, that's they're covering up one of the coolest things about having a Jeep. So there you go. Those are our Jeep Mama's top five what not to buy for your Jeep. Save your money and spend it on something cooler. And if you want more of Jeep Mama's top five and how-to videos, you can check out my YouTube channel by searching Jeep Mama. M-O-M-M-A on YouTube. There's also a link in the show notes. Hey, I have a question for you guys. What are some of the mods and accessories you have come across that you think people shouldn't be buying for their Jeep? You know, I pretty much agree with everything on this list, uh, especially the eyelashes. That, that is one thing that just I am hurts. excited. I now have a Jeep with round headlights and I can do eyelashes now. Oh, God, no. Please don't. <laughs> No, the the colored the colored headlights. Eh, as long as you're not driving down the road with them, you know, yeah, I, that's, that's all probably road. the one thing you know that that I I probably would be like, well, you know, maybe that could go either way. Well, besides it being uh, illegal, but, you know, it's, it's you, you know, know the, yeah, that that definitely, you know. But I see that a lot out here. Guys running the uh, the blue or or red headlights. I think I've even seen like some orange ones. Uh, that was. <laughs> Like, dude, all right, you're not putting out any lumens, buddy. There, you know, you yeah. can't see. I'm really surprised the police put up with that stuff, especially they. Oh, they don't do anything. I forgot. 
Uh, yeah, they're not pulling people Oregon, over. Oregon, never mind. It'd be a riot. Yeah. Right. No, that's racist. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again to, to Jeep Mama and uh, for putting that list together for us. And and how does Jeep? Uh, how does Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours, at least? You know, we're always looking for Jeep stories. We, we always, always are saying, you know, everybody's got a Jeep story to tell. So they do. Let's hear yours, you know. Contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. That's the link. It's the only one you need to know. Click, you click that and uh, find out how to reach out. Hey, speaking of reaching out, Jeeper, be sure to uh, uh, sign up for our newsletter as well. We're going to reach out to you with that newsletter and send you some great information about what's happening on the show. You get the inside info as far as interviews, what's coming up on the Jeep Talk Show, and of course, that one link that you're going to need to actually join in on a future recording of the Jeep Talk Show. You don't have to pay for it, nothing like that. We're not going to spam you. We don't sell your information, none of that sort of stuff. The new Jeep Talk Show newsletter, it's what you need to uh, what you need to get if you want to join in on the fun. And don't worry, sign up for it now and it's just as easy to unsubscribe from it as it is to subscribe. Well, that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to spread the word about the show by telling a friend. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Seriously, I will actually pay someone to develop a frequency-specific directional electromagnetic pulse gun that can specifically target any Prius within 30 yards. There. I said it. The rest is up to you. Podcasting since 2010.